0: It's a new year. Frankly, I'm exhausted talking to you pre show. You know? <laughs> you're you're really getting on my nerves. I know. I'm trying to do a two thousand twenty plans show and you're telling me, you know, you only want to do a Q one show.
1: And I'm like, this sounds like Q one to me. This is your whole two thousand twenty plan,
0: Dan? I mean, come on. to the first week of a new decade. Lots of optimism going around. hope you're feeling it. But we know for small business owners like you, it's just another Wednesday, or in our case, just another Thursday. And the boss man joins me on this despite his allergies, which you're going to hear all about. So have that fast forward button ready. We are back. This is something we did last year. It went over really well with the listeners, and so we're coming back this year to do somewhat of an indulgent episode where we talk about some of the business highlights of last year for us, and we take a look at some of our goals and projects that we have coming up in quarter one of it turns out of 2020. So, if you're curious about the backstory of some of the things we're doing, as well as the context for how this podcast. Comes to light every week, today's episode will be a fun one for you. But before we get into that, this is the last week of this fantastic dynamite deal from the folks over at ClickMinded. So we're going to roll that before we get into the meat of today's episode. Allow me to interrupt to tell you about this week's Dynamite deal. That's where we give you a screaming deal on a product or service designed to grow your business with just one click. The exact types of products and services you hear featured on this show every week, and this one is all about making you your business more profitable by upgrading the marketing channels that are working in your business and also testing out some ones you'd like to try. Now, there's only a couple ways to do that. You can A, do it yourself, and sometimes that's cool and that's the right way to go. You can employ an expensive agency or service, or you can improve your existing staff's marketing chops through training and getting solid processes in place. After all, so many of us have already made investments in freelancers or VAs in the Philippines or full-time staff. So here's the key question. Do you have the marketing knowledge and the time in your day to do that? If the answer is no, This deal is for you. So let's get to it. We teamed up with ClickMinded's Tommy Griffith, frequent visitor to this show, to offer 80% off for a limited time of ClickMinded's marketing courses and their SOP library. Some of you may remember that Tommy was the head of SEO at Airbnb, so those are serious chops. You'll get access to their strategies as well as insights on content marketing, email funnels, and more from leaders within Lyft tech stars, and other top tech companies. This means your team will effectively learn the tactics and tools they use day to day. As soon as you purchase this deal over at dynamitedeals.co, you'll have access to all that at a one-time, it's not like ongoing, like hiring a staff, a one-time low price of $497. That's 80% off of the retail price offered on ClickMinded's website. I've seen these courses myself. They are clearly structured, engaging, and practical. We really believe that any member of your staff, from your business partner, even yourself, to a VA you've recently hired in the Philippines will gain value and improved marketing skills. And how can't that pay off at least to make back your ROI in this amazing opportunity? The biggest pro for me as a founder is that it's potentially an enormous time saver because who wants to sit there and go through the nuts and bolts of SEO best practices? That's what this deal's all about. So are you ready to pour some fuel on those 2020 business goals by giving your team key marketing training from top tech firms? If it sounds like a deal to you, go check it out at dynamitedeals.co. And this is only available for a limited time. Stick around to this episode and you're going to hear about five plans we got for the TMBA audience in 2020. Q1. All right, so let's get on with the show.
1: This is the time of the year, I think, where everybody's uh, everybody's excited, yeah, uh, for what's going to come up in 2020. It's hard to know, Dan, what's going to happen in December of 2020. I mean, that's so far away in terms of uh, business months. I think bottom line is everybody's excited. It's a new year. You got a got a bunch of opportunities to wipe away your
0: sins. That's right. And figure out what's going to happen. I got a new diet. I got a new, fresh outlook on life. I'm able to sustain the belief that I'll be better in 2020 than I was in 2019. The truth has not yet to crash in on me. So before we get into uh, the five 2020 TMBA plans, I thought it might be interesting to talk a little bit about becoming wealthy, which is a, a theme of this show for me. And when I heard this idea that you could both become wealthy... While living a life of extreme freedom and flexibility. You know, running a lifestyle business is extreme compared to the other options we were presented with. When I heard that idea about wealth and money, I was just like, sign me up, sign me up. And it occurred to me that there's this correlate to it, which you often get tossed around and I wanted to toss it your direction to see what you think, which is if you want to become wealthy in this way, you should work to learn, not to earn. What do you think of that?
1: Sounds counterintuitive. It begs the question, what part of your life are you in? If you're talking about working to learn instead of earn, maybe you're, you're referring to uh, kind of an employee
0: situation. Let's talk about how it applies to both employees and freelancers. And on the other side of the entrepreneurial fence to people who are entrepreneurs or business owners. So yeah, let's talk about like early phase. I'm thinking about getting into this like lifestyle business thing. You know, should I be maximizing my salary or should I be maximizing my learning? If I'm thinking about it from like
1: the employee mindset or like somebody that's, you know, just trying to figure out where they're headed, yeah, I, I definitely think like work to learn is a good strategy because if you're trying to maximize your income, you you're probably diminishing the ability to learn because I do think that those two things generally go against each other. So, we've spent the better part of our careers uh learning, Dan, and I'd say like not maximizing our income and I'd say in some ways that's like been a bit of a detriment to like our earning potential maybe on an annual
0: basis, for example.
1: I think because we are I think you and I are both inherently like just learners, a lot of that's carried over to our our entrepreneurship career. That being said, maybe the line gets a little bit blurry. It's like, well, when am I an entrepreneur and when am I a worker? And here's where the line gets solidified.
0: And this is something you brought up to me. I'm just going to steal this point and send it right back at you. Here's where everything changes. When you own something that's valuable. And so this injunction to learn not to earn could be said basically like, if what happens is you like increase the value of your time, like over the years, you're essentially tying your income to your time. It's like you and your time that's valuable. Whereas the entrepreneur is on a different mission, which is to own assets, to own things, structure systems, teams, customers that are valuable. Yeah. If you're earning, you're maybe on a client phone call to like close the client to make sure they don't leave, to drop that money to the bottom line. But if you're thinking about it as an asset, you're saying what can I learn about these clients? Is there a system here that's valuable or that's worth owning? And then all of a sudden, yeah, well, you might not make as much money in the short term if you're thinking about it like a learning process. But you know, if you focus on the learning side of things, all of a sudden you might end up with an asset down the line that is valuable, that pays you, and then you go on doing the learning stuff. Now you see it on the employee side where you know, there is this idea, this old school idea, I think, you know, don't get taken advantage of, maximize your salary, like move up the ranks and all this kind of stuff. And meanwhile, you're, you, you don't know the owner of the company. You got money through salary negotiations, not through actually making the company valuable. And that becomes a problem. Like if you spent your whole career, like doing salary negotiations and managing people in the middle of a company, they don't know where it all started or how to start it or how, to, how it happens. So now you come out of that experience and you're trying to start something from scratch. Meanwhile, you're used to getting paid a lot.
1: I like this concept though, Dan. Being one that either you're in learning phase or you're in earning phase. And I think it's like it's it's probably like a bit of an oscillation that happens, you know, through your career. And so, you know, I'm asking myself as you're talking about this, like, well, what phase are we in in, in 2020? In 2019 it felt like a lot of learning. And I think 2020 might be a lot of the same. And that's not to say, like, I don't want to earn money, but, you know, mining for these assets, trying to figure out, like, what's the best way to build the biggest asset that's going to be the most sustainable, that's going to create jobs and wealth and income and be fun, takes a lot of time to figure that out. And we spent a ton of time in 2019 learning. We were learning about the job space, we were learning about the deal space. And uh, I feel like there's going to be a little bit more of that for us coming up here, especially in Q1.
0: Absolutely. We even learned a lot about this pod from you guys who came through super strong last year. In the middle of the year, Ian, we did a survey where so many TMBA listeners weighed in and gave us their feedback and certainly a lot of learning there that'll translate into this year. To prepare for this episode, I was going over our team's reports, which were enormously in-depth, learning about the numbers behind what's going on, the interactions with different sorts of people and customers and audience and fascinating. There's a lot there. If maybe we were earning, say like dealing individually with each of those clients, we wouldn't have the time to step back and take a look at the system. So anyway, I just wanted to, at the top, drop a little concept. If you want to become wealthy, work to learn not to earn and you know for entrepreneurs i think there is more of an oscillation ian it's more you brought in the subtlety i do think though for for younger people this is an injunction it's an injunction which is to say you know maximize that income give up your time don't deal with the the small business owner learn basically a high paid career at your own risk you know like that's a risky plan if what you want to do is earn wealth off of assets long-term. At least that's been my experience. All right, boss man. Before we get into our five 2020 TMBA plans, I thought it would be cool to go over some highlights from last year, as well as just some general business insights. You know, one of the things I had listed here is we worked on two important new projects last year, Dynamite Jobs and Dynamite Deals. And I'm wondering if you have any sense for how that's different than running a physical product business because of course both of these products they exist on the web, they're virtual.
1: I think if you asked me that question 5 years ago I would have said they're easier <laughs> because <laughs> from the outside I think it probably looks easier. It's just like fake money and fake websites and fake everything just thin air as opposed to physical products which you have a manufacturing process you're putting steel together and uh, shipping things and so i'd say oh that you know that information quote information business looks a lot easier a lot simpler
0: well you know it it feels more affordable too doesn't it because yeah. you look at <laughs> you know buying a container full of steel products and putting them in a warehouse somewhere and you say man that's whew, that's gonna be like forty thousand dollars that's like that's risky, where am I gonna get it? And then you look at, oh, let's just start a job board. You know, just put it up. Domain. You get dot cos for eight bucks a year, you know? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so looking back, I think I I would have thought that it was a lot simpler, a lot cheaper. It's turning out to be none of those things. <laughs> Especially because there's a steep learning curve. What we were talking about before. Like we're still very much in learning phase now. We're having to learn a lot more about development than I ever wanted to know, actually. <laughs> <laughs> we're having to learn about a new industry. We're having to learn about new problems. And these are all, you know, things that we've decided to take on. But it is new. To me, it's a very expensive experiment. And I think it's going relatively well.
0: One of the things I would say is it's like a bit of a a mental head fuck in the way that doing physical products isn't quite. So the physical products, like the scary part is like putting like a lot of chips down on one specific iteration of a product. Like basically I'm going to buy this inventory, you know, and I believe that people are going to buy it and I'm going to buy it at the right time with the right money and it's going to all work out. But on the virtual side, the problem is, the variability of all these things and that they all exist in you ultimately because you can always go into the back end of that website or bark at your developer and try to get something switched around and all of a sudden the product's different and all of a sudden the strategy and the direction and all this stuff's different whereas with a physical product you make these strong decisions and you sort of get them out of your head and they're in the product and they exist outside of you whereas with a virtual product You don't necessarily have to put up that strong border of like, this is where my identity starts or my ideas start and the product ends. And that's a tricky, tricky, tricky thing. And there is kind of this cool hack that is inherent in physical products. And, you know, we talk about it where there's like this strong line that cannot be violated. Like you will not morph into metal, at least not in 2020 just yet. Terminator's not here. But, you know, I remember this from one of my favorite episodes from last year, which is a Tommy Joyner episode where he started a productized service and he said, Look, I couldn't even really do the stuff I was selling and therefore I never delivered the service myself. And he had this strong line between him and what his productized service was. And I do think that that's the biggest challenge with virtual stuff is you know, misrepresenting the costs, misrepresenting the importance of having a solid product and explaining it well because you can always just pull another string or turn another screw because, of course, there are no strings and there are no screws. Right. So let's then dig into some of the 2019 highlights, Ian. I've uh, listed three. So the first highlight, Ian, was we had this idea for Dynamite Deals we were in this office in Spain together. We had a wonderful summer together, sitting in the office. Half the time, honestly, some long lunches were involved. I distinctly remember eating at my desk. We did do that a few times Because no, nobody else in Europe does that, so. <laughs> you know, I almost tempted to call that American-style lunch when your lunch is, like, some kind of trendy, healthy thing. Like, it, it's got to be, like, keto or something, and it's got to be, like, sitting right in front of your laptop – And you got to be like doing something on your computer that might be somewhat entertaining, but still contributes ultimately to your personal growth and business. Okay, so we're doing this. We're doing lunch American style. And we're, we're like, let's do this deals thing. So we start getting on the phone with productized service owners, service owners, product owners who are under this idea of a dynamite deal, which is you can click on the deal and you can grow your business. There's a lot of sorts of businesses that we feature on this pod and we thought this would be a cool idea. Fast forward just a few months and we've done over seventy thousand dollars in partner revenue like that's a lot of money and I don't know like I feel like a almost like a first-time entrepreneur like, wow, like that worked kinda It's not that simple, right because it's not like we made all a lot of money off of that right? Like that's not how it works. (laughs) No. This is again, not about earning. It was about learning. Yeah. You learn that these products are valuable and that the deals we were cutting on them made some sense for certain people and not for other people. And so now all of a sudden you've created yourself an enormous amount of work. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of work to then to figure out how it works ongoing. You know, just like a simple metaphor, Dan, it's like,
1: You create like a basic circuitry, right? Maybe it has like a couple of lights in it or whatnot. And then, uh, you know, you hook up the battery to it. And all of a sudden, it's like, whoa, the lights came on. My circuitry is sound. Like electricity flowed through it. And now we have light. Now what can we make? Well, you can't trust it to run your car yet. No, you can't trust it to do anything. It's just like proof of concept, basically. Yeah. It's like, well, we, we reached out to a bunch of business owners that are running productized services. We said you know, what's you're offering, give us your best deal. Like our thesis is one click to grow your business. We went out to you guys, the audience. And we said, is this something that you're interested in? And a lot of you clicked on it. And now we're pulling back and saying like, whoa, okay, what just happened? Where are we at? What's our real goal here? How can we achieve it? And so that's what we're trying to figure out in the beginning of 2020 is like,
0: okay, we got a proof of concept. Where do we go from here? Yeah. And of course, you know we know what awaits. It's it's the dip, right? You start something new and you start 10 things new and most of them flop. And this one, yeah, like you said, the light turned on just a little. And it does seem like there is interest not only in deals with productized services, but just in simply discovery of quality ones and ones that do have the potential to grow your business. So that's just a highlight. More on that later. The second highlight, Ian, a couple prominent investors contacted us about Dynamite Jobs. Highlight.
1: Yeah, that was exciting as well. The first one came in again when we were in Spain. You had a call with them. They were interested in what we were up to at Dynamite Jobs. And I think that's exciting to me. People are starting to notice that we're making these placements, that we're helping people find jobs, that we're helping people grow their businesses. Again, like this business is very much in learning mode. We decided in 2019 to kind of turn off the revenue because it was what everybody else was doing. We sat down and we said, like, okay, like, how much are we willing to invest? And what are the things that we're trying to accomplish? And we decided that instead of accomplishing revenue, it was going to be our goal to try and place as many people as we possibly could into jobs. I know that we ran a little bit short of our goal, but I think our goal was ambitious. A little bit short. <laughs> yeah. But, but you know what? The goal to me is we made it part of the way there. And Dan, do you have the
0: numbers? Yes. And I want to save those for our Dynamite Jobs plan because we're going, to set a, we're going to set a goal. But yeah, just in terms of the highlight being sort of interesting, like all the water that's gone under the bridge with Dynamite Jobs this year, we've talked about it a lot. We've rolled out different product conceptions. And of course, we've placed tons of people in, in jobs, which is at the core a really satisfying result. But it is interesting that we're pointing to these, two, these investors that are reaching out to us as like sort of a highlight. It's sort of a strange highlight for the bootstrappers, you know? Part of the reason it's a highlight for me is it's tough to do something when you're not really sure if it's going to be valuable. And it is nice to get a little bit of a nod from the universe, from like really smart people in the universe saying, hey, like, I see what you're doing. It's interesting.
1: Well, I think the call from the uh, potential investors was uh, exciting, but probably not as exciting, honestly, Dan, for me as all the people that came up to me in 2019 and said, Hey, I, I used Dynamite Jobs and I found an awesome person to help me run my team. That to me, it was like the, the most gratifying part of the whole process is like, we're actually helping people to build great teams remotely.
0: If there's like more of that in 2020, I think that that would be great. It's true, man. Like at the end of the day, if Dynamite Jobs doesn't turn into some amazing business, which I think it will be a good business, but I think that like there's a great backup plan baked into it which is connecting people in a way that is super substantial. So that's highlight number 2. Highlight number 3 is a general one, I can make a specific one which for me the team retreat after DC Austin in April was most certainly a highlight of last year. And you know running a remote team Distributed like all around the world, some people part time, some people full time. You know, it can be pretty disconnecting, not only emotionally, but from a workflow perspective. Like some people just don't know what other people do. You know, last year on this review podcast, Ian, I said that I had this vision that we're doing new things in the business, we're throwing spaghetti at the wall, we're growing it. The people that are around us need to change and evolve as well. And one of the highlights of the year for me was seeing that happen on our team. You know it's not just like they're all coming up to talk to us to like do their projects or whatever like they're collaborating in small functional groups together and they're pushing each other and they're they understand the brand and they're moving things forward on their own and that's something that wasn't always necessarily the case with with all of the teams that we've had in place well Dan I think that the retreats are definitely helping with that you know
1: getting everyone in the same room has been like Critical to, I think, our our success and understanding what everybody's up to. That being said, it's tough to decide whether you're going to take on a junior level person or like a more senior level person, and it kind of depends on like where the project's at and how much money you have and all these different factors. And I think we found ourselves in a position last year where we knew we had to make some changes to the team, and and we brought some people on. They have seen tremendous growth. I think it's starting to show in our in our team and in our process in our company too, and that's like a really satisfying thing to happen, but it's not one of these things that
0: happens instantaneously if you know what I mean no it's also you know kind of like hand to hand combat because you know countless hours on the phone collaborating, dealing with problems but when I step back and look at the whole year, the progress is really inspiring and one of the highlights of the year for me to see. I can say across the entire team each individual taking their game to their next level and pushing each other to do that too it's it's just cool and and also in a way that people seem to be finding their own groove and and a sense of identity of how they can contribute to the company and I think that's one thing we've talked about over the years like that's not something that happens in the first 6 months in a company that was going to be my second point here Dan which is like I always like
1: forget how long it takes for people to like get up to speed and become like real contributors in a the team. There's like all these complex structures around these businesses and I always forget like how long it takes somebody to come into a business and be effective. And double that with somebody that might be a little bit more junior. And I feel like that's some of the things that we went through in 2019 and in 2020 I feel like
0: we're we're like shifting a gear which feels really good. Absolutely. So again, the highlights were that first initial light bulb lighting up with Dynamite Deals was really exciting. So a new project for us in, in 2020 to work on, you know, having a broader entrepreneurial and investor interest in our relatively new job site, Dynamite Jobs, was a highlight. And the team, the engine behind all of this, and their collaboration with each other and them up in their game, definitely a highlight for me in 2019. Hey, what up, listeners? By now, you'll be well aware that we've had an amazing sponsor the last quarter of this year. His name is Travis Jameson, and he's the guy behind Smash Digital and Smash VC. His team has been sharing their years of tried and tested SEO experience with listeners of this show through their free mini audits. If you haven't gotten yours yet, head over to smashdigital.com slash TMBA. I thought it would be a good moment to give Travis a call and ask him why he decided to write us such a large sponsorship check.
2: I grew up with the Tropical MBA. That's where I I learned half the stuff I know. These are my people that I align with, that I understand.
0: Why did you guys decide to do free SEO audits for the TMBA listeners? Is this just a ruthless client generation tactic?
2: So it's actually not. I think... What we're doing mostly is showing that, hey, we really know what we're talking about. I would say 99% of anyone who's gotten an audit back, they're usually impressed with the amount of information, like usable information that we give them.
0: Yeah, you did one for me. It was eye-opening, to say the least. You guys are unique, though, In I wouldn't call you necessarily thirsty for new clients. Do you know what I mean by that?
2: Our long-term goal is to stop taking clients. Our long-term goal is to just work on our own internal projects and like partnerships that we've created over the years with different companies. Like sometimes clients get you know a nice ROI and everybody's happy, but then sometimes clients come in, we literally make them millions of dollars, and it just kind of seems silly to be charging a couple grand a month for that when we can be doing so much more for ourselves and being able to wrap ourselves completely around a project. You know, SEO is only one side of it. There's there's so many other things besides SEO that really go into it. And our team has so many years of experience that it just makes sense to, to start doing that.
0: We're on month three of you underwriting the show or being the sponsor. What's like the narrative that Smash Digital has about this campaign?
2: Our entire brand is built on word of mouth. We haven't advertised until now. The company's like close to nine years old at this point. We felt like it was time to to put ourselves out there a little bit. And we've even gotten some people saying like, oh, you guys are still doing this? So we're just letting them know like, hey, we're still here. We're still crushing it. Doing the same stuff, only better and higher quality.
0: The one and only Travis Jamison, everyone, of Smash Digital and, of course, Smash VC. Check out those aforementioned free SEO audits at smashdigital.com slash tmba. So let's talk about going forward, Ian. We got five visions here at the, uh, everything comes in fives around here. If you don't know by now, know it. All right. So without further ado, Ian, the five 2020 TMBA plans. The first thing is we want to talk about dynamite jobs. And uh, we should sprinkle in some stories in here. Cause like, sure. My outline, I feel like a bean counter here. So like, let me do the bean counter thing. And you'd be my hype man. This is the first time ever that the roles are reversed <laughs> yeah, like this. come I like on, it. man. Let's do it. <laughs> like, people always wonder, what are these guys like in real life? Well, first off, mildly disappointing. That's the first thing you need to know. And second off, our roles are reversed in real life. Yeah. All right. So the first thing, boss man, is we had a goal last year. We laid out on, on this review podcast that we were going to do 500 placements, or like a run rate of 500 placements, or two placements a business day in the year of 2019. That was sort of our goal. Woo! So I'll read some actuals for you. We are currently at a 156 placements run weight. So not even half of, of our goal. So, in other words, we are placing about three staff members a week at dynamite jobs in in remote companies.
1: Let me talk about real quick, Dan, why I think that this is interesting. I think if if you were to go around to the different job boards, because I think that that's what we are now. And if you asked me at the beginning of 2019, what we are, I probably would have said something different.
0: And you did. I think we could roll the tape on that. But yeah. (laughs) I mean, it might look like a job board right now. But behind the scenes, it's, it's a matchmaking service, really.
1: One might even say recruiting. Yeah, where we're at right now, Dan, is we are calling. We're actually physically calling all the candidates that make it to the final round before they are suggested to these companies. And so right now, it's a very intensive process, and it's a very manual process. And we're hoping to have a lot of these systems automated if we figure out that it's a valuable service. Here's where I think that 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 metric is interesting. And we can talk a little bit about why we didn't meet our goal. I think it's interesting because if you look at the landscape right now, and obviously, most people aren't intimate with this business model, but most of the companies that are operating are basically taking people's money to post a job. And I think that we are doing something similar, except we're not really taking money but we we're posting people's jobs. And then we we're following up to see if we placed that person or if a person that came from our site was placed in their company.
0: It's also worth saying that because we've invested in staff to work full-time on this site, that you know we're doing a lot more in, in the ways of job harvesting and all this follow-up stuff you're talking about. So even like things like job closures are a big issue on other sites. Like We are managing this content in a way that i think a lot of sites aren't in part because we feel like that's an edge that dynamite jobs has which is like you come here you see quality jobs that are accepting applications that they'll get back to you and that will make sure to figure out whether or not you got that job or not whereas you know once you have a big platform it's typical in this business to just charge to actually put the content up in the first place it's worth mentioning that you know it wouldn't surprise me at all if the number of placements we're responsible for is a lot higher
1: It's very hard to track this stuff
0: because we're making placements for companies that aren't our customers. For example, we find out we have a list of every distributed company that we've ever found, right? It's in a spreadsheet and we have a way that we search the web for their websites, for other job sites, for Facebook groups, all this kind of stuff. So we're trying to find basically jobs that we think are dynamite and within the TMBA ethos, jobs that people that listen to this podcast would want and maybe jobs that you can learn as well as earn and do it remotely. So the idea is that we're going out and proactively promoting jobs for companies that don't even know who we are, you know. (laughs) because what we're trying to do is serve our audience. We're not necessarily trying to just work for people that pay us, because again, our organizing principle is making these connections and getting these placements. So yeah, I mean, we know that we're doing three placements a week. But if you if someone came to me and said, well, the actual number is double that or triple that, it wouldn't surprise me. So that's just like a little bit of uh behind the scenes
1: of what's going on at Dynamic Jobs and, and kind of what some of our organizing principles are and the things that we're focused on and why I think we're a little bit different than the, the competition out there. That being said, in 2020, Dan, I think, again, this is like one of these businesses like very new. I don't know what's going to happen in quarter four. Quarter one, quarter two, I think we do exactly what we're doing right now because it seems to be working, which is like harvesting the best jobs from around the web and continuing to build our audience to fill these positions and making sure that hopefully sometimes we get credit for it and so people know where people came from. And you guys are doing the the good Lord's work, which is uh, sharing the news about where you're finding people and using the service.
0: And that's what we want more of in 2020. It's boiling down to word of mouth. You know, it turns out we're, yep, that's always been the marketing that works for us, which is like do things the right way, do it really well. You can work as hard as you want in front of your laptop, but sometimes, like, if you're going to create a, a decent company with a strong word of mouth marketing, you have to be patient. You have to wait for things to happen.
1: What I can say confidently, Dan, here, and as we continue to pump ourselves up in 2020, is that. And this is something that I wouldn't say was necessarily true at the beginning of 2019, which is like, if I need to hire somebody from my company, from my remote company, I would definitely use Dynamite Jobs, which I think is pretty cool to say. Because in 2019, like I still probably would have used one of our competitors. But
0: in, in 2020, I would definitely post it on our site. I dig that. It makes sense why people would want to post on multiple sites. And I, and I understand that. You, know, you want to get as many resumes as you can. Speaking of resumes, we've got 8,000 in our database. We had 650,000 page views last year over at Dynamite Jobs. I expect that to go up this year and generated $15,000 in revenue. What have we done wrong? Hmm. I think we experimented too much with business models. If I could go back, I would just say like, our role here is to efficiently create as many job opportunities as possible or facilitate as many job placements as possible. Yeah. Like we understand the business model that we're going for, which is jobs platform. We understand how they're monetized. Traditionally, we don't need to like change everything. We don't need to come with like a new service, a new business model, new revenue, a way to like make a cash flow positive, a new way to do this. Like these things are pretty clear in the marketplace. Like there are platforms or there are communities where people go to get jobs If they're at a certain level of trust and volume, you can monetize them in these sorts of ways. And you just need to be same, same, but different, not different, 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 kind of same. So if I could go back and do 2019 again, I would be more confident about an efficient approach towards maximizing total placements and let the business model sort itself out. So actually, that brings us to the second vision For 2020, which is the story behind Dynamite Deals. So we're all hotboxing in this office in Barcelona this summer, and I'm I'm hotboxing it. What is 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 that? Can I even say that? Yeah. So anyway, we're I think so. We're sitting in this office in Barcelona, catching a lot of heat for Dynamite Jobs, you know, because it's like, well, this thing didn't work out, that service didn't work out. You know, we know these things are like possibilities, but personally I didn't really feel like that's what I wanted that business to be. And we have this friend Noah Kagan who invited me on his podcast and his whole point was like, "Look, man, like if you want to make a business, like make it a business, like make some money." I mean, we just gestured we made $15,000 in revenue last year and I think Noah was kind of looking at me saying, "Well, can't you make 15,000 in one month? Like what are you doing here, man?" And the whole Point of the conversation, Ian, was it was for a podcast, and it was all about how strong business advice can help you move forward. And what Noah did was give me really good advice about if if Dynamite Jobs was like I ran it, I founded it like a few months ago, and it was my main thing. He was giving me strong advice about how to falsify that business, how to validate it, how to make it revenue positive from day one. But I walked away from that conversation thinking, you know, like we built this business in a context. What I wanted this to be was a platform, like not a way to make $10,000 next month. And what I wanted it to do was facilitate these connections that we really believe will create enormous value for thousands of companies, not just the 10 clients that I got next month that I'm going to have to handhold everyone through a hiring process or whatever, or whatever business model it would be to generate that sort of money. So I walk back into the office with you, and I kind of feel emboldened by the whole thing because... I've been sitting on this business idea for a couple years, actually, that I just kind of thought, you know what? You want to make 10000 bucks? I know how to do that. We already do it every month inside the DC. It's called DC Offers. Since 2012, DC members have been posting DC offers. Some of them are amazing. Some of them suck. And I always thought there's this enormous opportunity for us to get involved and create these great deals that meet certain guidelines and if we could put a team on it market it correctly that this already existing cash flow could be elevated and benefit from being made public instead of being behind a private community and it was cool we kind of like tossed that piece of spaghetti up against the wall and we made some little pivots there we said look let's like be true to the core of what dynamite jobs is all about and if what we want to do is find a way for people to click a button and make money well then let's do that Yep. Because hiring isn't quite that. We just said like hiring is an enormous investment. You don't know if it's going to work out. And even if it does, you're going to have to work six months to get the person up to speed or whatever. So, yeah. so you know, it's just a different thing.
1: That's kind of the general story of of Dynamite Deals. You marched in the office and then uh, I turned around and I just did all the work. <laughs> I mean, that's basically how it went down. It's <laughs> like, I, I told you everything's opposite. And... <laughs> <laughs> no, but r- literally like the next week, I lined up like four or five phone calls. You posted in the forum like, hey, we've got this idea. And then I lined up four or five phone calls. And then like within a month, we ran our first deal. It's been fun. It's been real fun, actually. Part of the fun thing about this process for me is getting on the phone with other business owners and trying to figure out like how to articulate their services and products in a meaningful way that would be relevant for our audience. And I think in doing that, a lot of what's coming out of that like the net net is like our audience is just like any other audience meaning like if i can help them distill their product in a way that people can digest it will be ultimately beneficial for their business so sometimes we don't even come up with a deal but like we come up with like a new business plan and i think for me that's like a lot of fun that's something that we used to do a lot more of actually Dan on this podcast yeah which was have people on the pod that were trying to like figure out their business maybe had a little something something going on they would come on the podcast and would figure out a new direction for them. And then five years later, they'd write us and say like, wow, check this out. It's really working. And that's satisfying work for me. So sometimes I cut a deal. Sometimes I just talk about business. Most times we don't cut a deal.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's been one of the most difficult parts of that business idea. Correct. Is that you know most offers suck. And it's nothing to do with the business. It's just For a variety of reasons, it's hard to make something that works. And we're not making it easy on ourselves. Like, you know, Noah has a deals business, for example, where over at appsumo.com, which is an amazing business, they cut deals on things like software or information products, which, you know, you can make these incredible deals on. Whereas when you're looking at productized services, you've got capacity issues, which is a big, big thing, right? So, like, all of a sudden you're emailing thousands of people, but you can only except 10 new customers or whatever. So you got a capacity issue. Yeah. You definitely got pricing issues, which you can't put these like super splashy prices necessarily. Although I think some of the price deals we've cut are amazing. But again, like you got real people delivering real things. It's not software. You're just printing a bunch of copies. So we're not necessarily making it easy on ourselves. But again, we're staying true to that mission of what DC offers in its best sense was always so valuable to the community because these were real... Things. These are legal services. These are SEO services. This is, you know, copywriting, whatever. Like, we need this stuff. And uh, I think that's why it's worth doing. So, how about a goal for 2020? What I got written here, Ian, is that we cut 20 deals in 2020 that will appear on this pod as well as our mailing list that are on brand. And what I mean by that is, I don't think our goal should be, to, should be a money goal. I think our goal should be about creating deals that genuinely fit that brand of this is a bolt on service or product that I can click this button, put it into my business, and it makes my business better. And I think that that's something that doesn't exist. And it's something that does exist inside the DC community. It exists at our events. It exists with listeners of this show. And I think that's the idea of the brand of Dynamite Deals is like, All these smart people are creating these businesses that help businesses grow. Let's present them in a simple productized way that can help you take one step forward in a direction in your business. So that would be the goal for 2020. 20 deals.
1: 20 deals it is.
0: All right. So next category, next vision for 2020 is this TMBA pod. So I got to say, I want to mention my two favorite episodes from last year because they came as a pair. We both came back (laughs) with our super nerdy, super nerdy episodes and they ran back to back. So let me just uh, click into the archive here. I was just like scanning through the archives. Like, what do I really want to do in 2020 at the pod? And there was this one called, is the RV lifestyle right for you? Question mark. Yes. And the answer is almost unequivocally no. Like no, the, no. like this weird, like driving your house around is not for me. What are you talking about? And I just loved that episode so much because it's part of reading the survey from the listeners and the trouble of doing a difficult podcast is sometimes just trusting that what you're interested in is interesting and it's worth exploring to the core. Because what you're hearing is like genuine passion for thinking through problems, solutions to those problems, different ways of living, different ways of exploring freedom and flexibility. And that to me is a badass episode and the kind of thing that I want to do more of in 2020.
1: Dan, that RV episode was really to you. My whole mission <laughs> was to convert you. In part, now, the other part of that episode for me was just like that information doesn't exist online anywhere, like what's the right r v for me, depending on my mission, and like what's the best way to like utilize this tool? Corey's one of my good buddies, and he's certainly very knowledgeable when it comes to r v s and so I thought like, hey, let's put this together to me, there was like a void in the internet,
0: and this is something that I know about, so I wanted to put information out on it. The episode that came directly after that was ultimately one of my favorites too and sometimes it can be a good sign when like we're making a lot of caveats in the episode like we know this is a little bit weird but and producer jane's like okay like you either say it or you don't like stop apologizing the whole time and that was the episode called the digital nomad lie which was basically a a navel gazy episode about travel and you know i think that this idea of what a home is and what freedom is and how to explore the world, it's just complex and we're all sort of sorting through it. And I think it was fun to do that on a podcast episode. And it certainly resonated with the listeners. Uh, I got tons of email about it and had a lot of in person conversations about it. Lots of ideas for follow ups. And so I love these episodes, these two different kinds of episodes. You know, the one is when you take a concept like travel or home or digital nomad and you just pick it apart because, hey, come on, we're living our whole lives thinking about this stuff. Why not, you know, spend some time and really think about a concept. And then on the other side of things, really following your nose and saying like, hey, if I'm interested in it, if I'm willing to sacrifice my social status to drive around in a box with the toilet (laughs) in the back, you know, maybe there's other people. You still don't get it. (laughs) You still don't get it. <laughs> oh, I get it. I, I got it. I really love that episode. So anyway, uh, just thinking about the pod, Ian, and we're always thinking about, you know, what can we do on the mic set? is interesting for next year. And, and those two episodes were cool because they came at the end of the year. They came in a pair. And they're two that I really enjoyed. So just in terms of goals at the pod, 52 more episodes, continuing to up our advertiser game, like just doing cool things, like cool companies with... Narrative ads that are interesting for the audience and that we think we really believe in. You know, the theme of 2019 might have been just turning down advertisers. You know, a lot of people wrote to us and we like, that's whack. That's not cool. Like we don't yeah. see the value in that.
1: But don't stop writing us because some of them are cool <laughs> and they do actually pay for the show. <laughs> but I think what you're pointing out is like targeted audience advertising, things that make sense for you guys. A lot of you have companies that would probably benefit from the exposure of
0: this show. So if you think it might be right, definitely email us. And then finally, Ian, continue to focus on rolling out cornerstone concepts. You know, doing our best to try to draw together patterns, you know, that we're seeing in in the audience, how people are achieving success, wealth, freedom, flexibility, fulfillment. All these things are of interest. And, you know, honestly, we steal them from you guys, we steal them from the listeners. We depend on you to send us the emails and the voicemails and to talk to us at events and to get us thinking. The reality is, Ian, is we're co opting a lot of this stuff from the best and the brightest of you out there. I think that's it for the pod. All right, Ian. So we've reached three so far, three of our 2020 visions. We've talked about dynamite jobs. We've talked about dynamite deals. We've talked about the TMBA pod. Let's talk about dynamite circle, which is. In terms of a community, of business has been around the longest. I have a goal here. <laughs> it's like, this is why I like running this business. Here's the goal written down from you. Apparently the business-oriented one, everybody. Make it awesome. More entrepreneurs meet each other. Crazy shit happens.
1: I don't know if I said that.
0: Apparently, this is the guy. I said that. You come on the podcast, you talk a big game about P&Ls. Doubt it. About making healthy business, about managing staff, and and, and your goal for 2020 is make it awesome?
1: (laughs) I don't think I said that. You're taking (laughs) it Where am I getting this
0: crazy shit happens as a goal? Is that a KPI?
1: Here's what happened in 2019, and here's what's going to happen in 2020. Dynamite Circle, our private community of entrepreneurs, a lot of them met each other in person. I think we had close to 20 events. We have Bangkok, DC BKK, which uh, a ton of people showed up to, I think like 300. And then we have Austin, which is coming up in April, which I hope about 200 people will come to this year. And then in between there, we have these events called DCX
0: events. These are primarily member-hosted events, and they happen all over the world. Hit the brakes right now, boss man. I'm just going to do a 2020 draft roll call for these events. We'll see if it makes it to the show. I got, in order, Medellin, Gold Coast, Miami, Bankso, that's in Bulgaria, by the way, a ski location, Austin, Mexico City, Utrecht in the Netherlands, Bali, Saigon, Budapest, London, Barcelona, and Bangkok so far. That's a draft list, not even complete.
1: We believe in the power of in-person. When people meet each other, they strike deals, they hire each other, they sell each other their businesses, they become partners. Amazing things happen once you start to meet people in person off the internet. What we're doing in 2020 is we're continuing to bring the community online, offline. And that's one of the things that I think we've done in the last couple years, Dan. But most recently with these DCX events, it's been extremely beneficial to our members. I'll mention this too we are
0: starting to send more of our team to these events. You know This stuff just doesn't happen. We have team members who, who are professionals and it's their responsibility to execute this stuff. But my point is, is that there's a lot going on underneath this podcast. And I think that that's always been the case. Well over a thousand members globally. There's a lot going on in the dynamite circle. So if you're curious about that, you got to go check it out if you run a location independent business. I think that's enough about Dynamite Circle. Yeah.
1: Dan, I just want to say this about location. And part of the reason why we're throwing these events and why it's important to show up is because uh, location actually does matter. Not just like in these like microwaves, like, yeah, I showed up to Bali for a weekend. I think that that can be very impactful. Like, you can change your life and your business. But even more so, like on a daily basis, I think it matters. We talk on this podcast a lot about like freedom and flexibility, you know, live from anywhere. I think it's really like, you know, as the years progress, honestly, for me, Dan, it's like location dependent. Like it really matters where you base yourself out of and like the people that are around you. So, you know, for example, I'm in Austin and like part of the reason and and if you hear my nose, like I'm absolutely dying from Cedar Fever. Like this state is trying to kill me. Like (laughs) (laughs) Allergies, snakes, spiders, like this is a brutal place to live, but the reason i'm here in in large part is because of the community of entrepreneurs and people that are in austin 100%
0: so in
1: 2020 i think it's like worth everybody asking yourself the question i actually did this exercise just the other week just to check in with austin i was like hey man is austin like still meeting my goals are the people here like still the kind of people that i want to like be around i think in 2020 it makes sense to be asking yourself the same questions like is my location Relevant to who I am and who I want to be.
0: So, then how do you make a case for these DCX events that are in all these crazy cities all around the world if what it's really all about is just live in some place where there's a bunch of entrepreneurs?
1: The idea behind the DCX events is like most of these events are put on by people that they feel like that is their Austin. So, that's their London, that's their Bali. Like they have planted their flags in this area and they're building a community around it. So, when you go to these places, you get to interact with these people that will tell you a lot of them like, hey, this is what it's like to live here. And so a lot of people do it as like an exploratory trip. Like, What I like living here is this community, the one that I most resonate with. And then the other side of the fence or the, the other group of people that show up to these events are people that are interested in vacationing there, potentially. It's like, oh, I've always wanted to go to Bali. Here's a great reason to make it real.
0: It's also like from, you know, I've attended a lot of these events. It's like a killer way to do sabbatical or slow travel or vacation because what you really want to meet is like people that are, that have some like gravity, you know, you go to some place you want to meet a local, right? You don't want to be like stuck in the traveler's pub. Like that's the worst, right? And then the DCX has this like cool mix of both where you have like these open-minded expats plus the slow travelers who you're likely to see in other locations as well. Like, you know, it might see in Bangkok in October when the weather's really good and bad back west or whatever. So there's this kind of cool mix of like now all of a sudden you got built in relationships and friendships and potential business opportunities while you're exploring a vacation or, or sort of a mini retirement or a slow, whatever you want to call your travel paradigm. You know, I don't think we need to justify that too much. But for me, it's really like that quality of people that have that kind of gravity. Yeah, you go to D.C. Austin and say 15% of the attendees or 20% of the attendees live in Texas, you know? And so now all of a sudden you got an awesome mix of people who are interested in Texas, but also you got the gravity of the people that really know the place. And so that's a kind of a a cool mix. Final 2020 vision, I just have a other, colon. (laughs) 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 Like I'm totally mailing this one in. But you know, here's the thing. We really staffed up last year. In 2019, the kind of the theme was back on the horse. I mean, on this episode last year, you said, I'm not going to work on my cars. I'm going to work on my laptop. Whoops, And that was true. I mean, in some ways, we, we did get back on the horse. We launched a lot of new stuff, a lot of things flying through the air. And of course, we got a product that's been out for years and that we have to support and fly around the world and do. And there's a lot going on. And at the end of the episode, at the end of the list, there's kind of just me and you sitting there. And part of what I was thinking is like, man, we got a lot of entrepreneurial energy and we got a lot of other in us. And I think for me, the theme of 2020 is really trusting our instincts and having that bravery to do new things and to push the business forward, given that we have a wonderful staff that Are moving these products forward. And so it doesn't take us like all day long, every day, just to manage product. And I think it's really on us, the founders of the company, if we want to move things forward, that we have to task ourselves with that responsibility. That's the call to all y'all. You know, we're going to be going for it in 2020. We're going to be here every Thursday morning, hoping to give you little seeds of inspiration so that you can make the progress in 2020. So thanks for sticking around. I know this is a bit indulgent, but it's become a bit of a process in the business for us to sort of sit down and, and take a review and step through things and hope you found a little bit of that inside baseball valuable. So Ian, what's you've been in your favorite rock song in the last couple? Let's, let's play us out with a boss man favorite rock song, something you've been listening to a lot lately. Just throw it out there. I'm not going to edit this part. I'm going to take my hand off the DJ board. I know I've been unfair to you in the past.
1: Look, Dan, I listen to a lot of music. You listen to a lot of music. I'll tell you what kind of music I don't listen to a lot of, though, which is uh, maybe will come as a surprise. I don't listen to a lot of Bob Dylan. Hmm. But a few weeks ago, a song came up on my Spotify, and I started listening to the lyrics, and I was like, whoa. And then I was like, oh, this is Bob Dylan. Hmm, I don't listen to a lot of Bob Dylan. And I went back and I listened to the song over and over and over again. And I thought like, oh, man, I should listen to more Bob Dylan. <laughs> so I think this is a song that's worth listening to and talking to. It was written in 1965. It's called It's Alright Ma, I'm Only Bleeding. And I think he has some like very real insights into the world that apply even today. When I heard this song, I just thought like, man, there's so much of this that that's so true in 2020. And I feel like it's worth listening to
2: advertising signs that con you into thinking you're the one that can do what's never been done. That can win what's never been won. Meantime, life outside goes on all around you.
0: If you missed last week's blooper reel, we're going to roll that again after the signature music. I want to thank you for sticking around for this somewhat indulgent, scattered episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Again, So much of this pod comes from feedback from you guys through comments, through voicemails, through emails. You can reach me at dan at tropicalmba.com. We appreciate uh, that inspiration and looking forward to another year here at the pod. Good luck with your business goals. Hope you found something in here this week that inspired you to take that next step forward in your business. So that's it for this week. We'll be back My name is Dan Andrews. I help. <laughs> I know this is hilarious. Um, He's done my jobs. Yeah. Okay.
1: I like criticism and I think that there's a chance that this might work out, but I think there's a greater chance
2: it might work out.
0: Um, oh, you say that again. Say again. Cause you didn't say it correctly. Okay. All right. A note for the production team. We are going to try to go through five or six questions here. We're going to try to be interesting. We'll try. Probably, we're probably going to fail. On what head transponded? Transpired, Jesus. I just had to reach out to the author. His name is Anders Renau. Renau. How do you... fucking can say this.
1: Okay, I'll be back in a second. I got to pee super bad.
2: So, let's just move on so James,
0: now. if you want to yep. do another 20 minutes, could I take a two-minute bathroom break? Okay. I'll leave the... No, uh, you can't.
2: You just have to not
0: have a of course to yeah. <laughs> Okay, I'll be right back in two minutes.
1: Hey, Arison, it would be uh, Arison, 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 Arison. That's <laughs> how you see it in the transcript. Um, it'd be great if we can
0: get some, like, punching effects going on here. Or Mike Tyson stuff. Um, Mike Tyson's punch out. Something. Or we might use the Everybody was kung fu fighting. That might work. Okay. With fire stars okay. Oh boy. Which is like the funny element of this book. You could basically, you can imagine like a Stephen Pressfield disciple just going around and calling everything, yeah. like in your life, the resistance, right. and you just getting pissed. Like, dude, not everything well, is resistance. In, God, sometimes in here, <laughs> sometimes I just want to go to McDonald's. <laughs> you know, it's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like these fries come on, man. It's not the resistance. <laughs> delicious fries. <laughs> broccolini.
1: Broccolini. Is that some kind of hybrid?
0: <laughs> Seriously? I love broccolini. You don't love I broccolini? I don't even know what broccolini is. It's delicious. So it's, it's a, I think it's like a, my, I don't know. It's a little broccoli. Oh, okay. Kid. It's delicious. You should have some. Just checking. <laughs> it's a funky broccoli. Uh, I guess I'm, growing up, I was a big broccoli kid. Interesting. All right. Man. Noted. What are you into?
1: Uh, I don't know. I, I, I didn't prepare for that. You know, I think the first thing that... Organic uh, SEO. The, the first thing that came to mind is like any vegetable that I can dip in hummus. That, that's So I guess
0: hummus is my favorite vegetable. <laughs> baby <Yeah>. carrot. <laughs> I think baby carrots are just real carrots that are made into small Oh, oats. man. How so, old are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some things some things I've slow to slowly realised.